Welcome to Jurassic World. Welcome to Jurassic World Minute, where we visit Jurassic World one minute at a time. Close the bloody gate! I'm Brad. And I'm Dave. And on this episode, we're discussing Minute 38 of Jurassic World. We have a guest, Jay. Welcome back. What's up, guys? Glad to be back. <laughs> um, one of the minutes you wanted to discuss, uh, primarily because of the uh, Indominus escape. Oh, yes. <laughs> and the, uh, the snack that she's just about to eat as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, before we get to that snack, quickly over at Jurassic-PD.com, we've got the article up here for Nick, um, uh, Nick Letting, I think his name is, I just can't find it now. Uh, Nick, anyway, the, uh, paddock supervisor, since he's about to meet his demise, I thought we might as well... <laughs> That's, right. That's what I've been calling him, because he's eating a sandwich when we first see him. <laughs> got a bit of a write-up here of his, uh, his, uh, um, I completely lost the word. His uh, <laughs> antics, not antics. <laughs> what he gets up to in Jurassic World, anyway. Um, from uh, when we first see him there, when uh, Masrani and Co are at the observation room, all the way up to his death next minute. But um, I also went to IMDb, and I don't think I found the right actor because. Uh, I found Eric Edelson here, which um, comes up as Paddock Supervisor in the Jurassic World credits, but it doesn't look like him at all. So, yeah, I don't know what's happened there, but I don't think that's the right actor anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, head over to Jurassic you can find that article and many more. So, the Paddock is quite safe then. We have the best structural engineers in the world. Yeah, so did Hammond. Guys, let's get into minute 38. Let's do it. As we met 37 of Jurassic World, everyone shockingly realised that the Indominus Rex was in the cage with them. And while Owen and the workmen tried to escape, the paddock supervisor had made his own way towards the front gate. As we opened on minute 38, Owen and the workmen's escape route is blocked. They turn and desperately run back to where the paddock supervisor is opening the main gate. At the 9 second mark, the Indominus lunges forward grabbing the workman, picking him up into the air. And over the radio, in the control room, you can hear his screams and the crunch of bones. At the 14 second mark, the park supervisor arrives at the gate, puts his hand on the scanner, and punches in the code, before leaving out the opening door. At the 24 second mark, after some protests from Larry, 
Mazzarone pushes the button to close the paddock gate. At the 35 second mark, Owen runs out the closing gate, just as the Indominus lunges forward to swipe at him, but it crashes into the gate and is stopped in its tracks. Owen doesn't stop running. He runs straight for a crane that's parked near the gate and slides in the gravel, baseball style, underneath, rolls and looks back at the Indominus, fighting the big gate, fighting to get out. At the 41 second mark, she throws the gate aside, free. Owen moves, not taking his eyes off her, as she makes her way towards the maintenance truck, where the park supervisor is hiding. And this ends minute 38 of Jurassic World. As their escape route's blocked, uh, Owen and the, and the uh, worker suddenly stop. Um, and as we open up on 38, we get that shot past them, and we see the big feet of the animal, and those big clawed hands. Um, again, just sort of seeing little bits of Indominus here, which is one of those Spielberg tropes, I suppose, not showing all the big bad all at once, but mm-hmm. considering we've already seen the full animal in the trailers, uh, nowadays I don't know why we do these slow reveals. Well, it's one of those things where it's kind of something that's of a creature feature trope where you don't show the entirety of the creature right away. is something that you slowly work to revealing. And honestly, it's a cliche I've never really liked. I mean, like... I know that that there is a monster that we haven't seen it before, but at the same time, I mean, come on, don't enough with the cliches. You know what it is too. I think they were not trying to really reveal it, um, and then it got revealed through merchandise, and then you know oh, yeah. it was like whatever, just show it, and then they showed because <laughs> like they weren't really showing much of it, and then like it was revealed through um like party plates, right? Yeah. Like party supplies. And then, yeah, yep. And then, like, everybody knew what it looked like. And and I was like, wow, it looks cool. But I was like, damn it, why did I look at it? Like, I didn't (laughs) want to see it. It's like a lot of stuff right now I'm trying not to see, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we know the sort of Universal didn't have a lot of uh, faith in the film. Like, the budget wasn't as high, no animatronics, that sort of stuff. No. So this might be be a a bit of a cost cutting here, just showing parts and not the full animal too early. But even that teaser poster where you had Claire on one side of the observation window and then the Indominus sort of nose and the front of its head on the other side of the glass, like, it would have been a great shot to reveal it coming up to the window and looking through it. Which the Photoshop on that is, I don't know, it's humongous. Like, it's gigantic (laughs) next to her. Like, that thing is, like, has reached even... That thing's bigger than the Spinosaurus. And that. It's like a brachiosaur leg or something in front. Like it's, I, I've seen. I remember that getting that poster, and I was just like, "What? Like how huge is this indominance? Like it is not that big. Like, yeah, I remember that poster. Hmm. Yeah, but uh, both Owen and the uh, park supervisor start running back down the path. Um, surprising they're just running in a straight line, no one's zigzagging or <laughs> trying to evade the uh, the Indominus, but unfortunately one of the characters isn't Chris Pratt, and that's when the Indominus reaches down with those big clawed hands and grabs <laughs> the uh, the other uh, Spanish-looking workmen as they uh, try and run away. And that's when we cut back into the control room with a stunned Vivian, Lowry, and Masrani as they stare at the monitor, and you can hear the man's screams coming through the radio, followed by the crunching <laughs> of the, the bones. I'm 
not quite sure how they're hearing that in the control room when the only communication we've seen is through the uh, the work or the supervisor's radio, unless it's on Vox or something, <laughs> voice activated. But yeah, the little crunch of tiny workman bones as she gets to, <laughs> gets to taste the first <laughs> bit of human. <laughs> One thing I do like though is how the Indominus picks up the worker with her hands and like bites him like a candy bar. I mean, yes. it's kind of grotesque yeah. in a very innocently grotesque way. I mean, it's kind of like Frankenstein tossing the girl in the in the lake to see if she floats. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sort of... It's weird how she sort of takes, bites his torso off and then rips him in half, <laughs> or rips <laughs> his legs off while she's chewing on the torso. <laughs> like, it... This isn't just a down the mouth and gulp, you're gone. This is this poor workman's ripped apart. Yeah, she's uh she's having fun with her food. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, it shows that she's kind of testing testing it out, and why it's like somebody tentatively tasting a new food, you know, trying to see. They they take a small bite first to see if they like it. Yeah, she's a food critic. <laughs> <laughs> Claire's hearing all this over her phone as well. Which again, I don't know how. I don't know how all this radio is working. Of course, it's building attention here. But we get back to the main gate as the supervisor puts his hand directly onto that uh, palm scanner and begins pushing buttons. Uh, it beeps and a large gate begins to open. Sort of weird-looking control panel here uh, for for the paddock. It's got another little separate keypad off to the left, which looks like two little small drawers. And I was wondering if they've got weapons in there or something, some sort of self-defense, or... It's just a weird little layout of the, the control panel. Oh. But uh, the park supervisor moves back from the gate, and he looks back to see Owen sprinting towards him. <laughs> and in the background, you can see the, the workman in the um, Indominus's jaws, and she grips his right leg and pulls it off before chewing the body um, oh. for a little bit before swallowing. <laughs> So uh, that leg's still in the pen. That's something they can send back to his uh, family to bury. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to have an open casket for that guy. No. Oh, uh, yeah, no. Oh, well. <laughs> they, they, but, uh, they probably sign something when they work in Jurassic World. Yeah, that's the nice thing they can put in the brochure. One of, the, one of these days, one of you will be eaten. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh, yeah, like, Larry says that later. Like, uh, <laughs> you, you guys ever, you guys ever go into those uh, places where you can throw ha- um, hatchets? Oh, yeah, no, I've, but <laughs> I've heard of them. Yeah, um, so uh, I went with my um, with the shop I work at, um, with the crew from the shop, and we did it as kind of like a you know team building kind of thing because I'm I'm new at the shop and I was meeting everybody, you know. So like, um, we went to one of these places, and yeah, you got to sign something like. Like, <laughs> like if that hatchet's like bounces back and chops you in the head, oh well, <laughs> too bad. Well, you know the some danger. Some of those places like, serve alcohol, and I'm not sure <laughs> how they get away. Oh with yeah, or why there was drinks. Think and... It would be a good idea to do so. Yeah, no, you could. Yeah, let's go get a... drunk and throw axes. So nobody yeah, it's, ever, it's... whoever had kept their hand ever. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a BYOB. Bring your oh, own, man. bring your own beer and stuff. Yeah, yeah, we had drinks there. I didn't drink anything because I, I was driving, so like, uh, I just had pizza and soda. But like, yeah, 
you can you can have your own beer and drinks there like i'm like oh wow okay but yo i was pretty good at it (laughs) (laughs) well yeah you maybe in jurassic world that happens you have to sign something you know when you work there Mm. to be fair of course you're good at it you were the only one sober (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you know everybody else is doing pretty well too Uh, nobody nobody died (laughs) <laughs> when I uh, went to a friend's bachelor party and we were we went bowling drunk. <laughs> oh man! Uh, the kids are still listening to this, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you're 21. All right. Please drink responsibly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. By now the gate's sort of, it's opened up enough for the supervisor to get through and he exits um, the enclosure whimpering. A little bit of tension here. Imagine just standing there waiting for this big door to open enough for you to get through and the whole time you're looking back and seeing this big animal eating <laughs> eating one of your co-workers. Um, but that's when we cut back to the control room and we get the shot of that map window again. Um, this time the camera pointing down at the gate as we get the, uh, the big security breach warning <laughs> flashing across the screen. Um, also, note there on the uh, the map, we can see that uh, big red rain event or tropical storm or whatever you want to call it hitting the south of the island pretty hard by the looks of it. So yeah, it's, it's getting wet down there. Maserani tells Lowry to close the door and Lowry pleads we can't lock him in, but Maserani interrupts, um, leaning forward, pushing the buttons, come on, close it down. <laughs> the, I think he... Um, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. He's thinking about there. <laughs> lock lock the guys in there because we can't have this animal out on the loose. Mm-hmm. Which might have been a, a little bit of an overreaction, but uh, yeah, yeah, a couple of dead employees here is nowhere near as bad as it out in the park. Oh, well, yeah, definitely. Um, as we're going to see <laughs> later in the film. <laughs> Meanwhile, Claire's still listening to all this on her phone and. Just wants just wants someone to talk to her and tell her what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> and then we cut back to Owen still running. Uh, the animal stopped chewing on the workman and is now running after Owen, very close behind him. Again, Owen being able to outrun this Indominus in its enclosure. A uh, little bit of uh, magic. fantasy here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it is the uh, more open side of the enclosure. I mean, there's no tree roots or anything to worry about. Mm, yep. And um, we get this camera shot from behind Animal as Owen's approaching the gate, the gate which uh, we can clearly see now starting to close. And I sort of just love this shot because without missing a beat, Owen runs through the gate as it's closing. Uh, just as Indominus reaches forward to grab him, he uh, escapes the hand, but she's sort of crashes into the gate and is caught by it closing. And uh, we get the spot like the spiderweb effect of all the concrete cracking around the gate where she impacted it. Mm-hmm. And as the door sort of holds her, holds her in place, and then the continued sort of single shot here stays on Owen as he continues running forward, slides to the ground, uh, like he's stealing second base and rolls under the crane we seen parked there earlier. Um, <laughs> and the whole time, the, the whole time you can see the Indominus struggling with the uh, enclosure door behind him. Just a good little bit of like she's all CGI, but she's just out of focus there. You can see what she's doing clearly, but not seeing the animal clearly either. Mm. As Owen rolls under the crane, onto his stomach, we can see past him at the enclosure gate and the Indominus' feet as you can hear sort of that electronic whirling sound mm-hmm. as the, uh, the gate's struggling to close against it. 
and then she roars and pushes the gate open, destroying it. And <laughs> we get that sort of fearful look on Owen as the big animal's feet slowly move out. And again, only showing parts of it, parts of it here, but he's sort of moving around under the crane, not taking his eyes off her mm-hmm. as she uh, goes looking for someone else. And that's where the minute ends. We see mm-hmm. her feet moving behind that maintenance truck. As the uh, camera for focus focuses in, we can see the paddock supervisor sitting there in front of the truck hiding poorly. Uh, he didn't get very far from the gate either, <laughs> even though he had a head start. So this is it. She's out. Mm. And she is see... hungry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to see next minute that uh, she must enjoy the taste of human flesh. It reminds me of the um, discussion Muldoon has in the book where he, or not Muldoon, I think it's Ian Malcolm and Muldoon have in the book where Ian Malcolm points out that most animals in the wild have, or figure out what prey is the easiest to eat, and that's what they'll choose to go after, and they have mm-hmm. to learn that humans are easy, make easy meals. And then he makes the suggestion, how would the raptors know that humans are easy meals if they haven't attacked before? Because Hammond's always kind of hush-hush about his animal. Oh, my animals would never attack anybody. And so <laughs> it makes me wonder, where did the Indominus learn that humans make easy meals well, or are easily tricked? Like this? Do, you, do you remember that they uh, when they say, like, when Owen's in there, the cage, not inside the cage, um, the panel, uh, he's uh-huh. like, and you and you feed her with this? And oh no, it wasn't with Olin. It was um with Masrani, and uh-huh. Claire explains that the other guy almost lost an arm. Oh, yeah, you're right. So I think it it, it already st- started learning that humans are easy to eat from that uh, mm-hmm. incident. Or it might have had mm-hmm. another incident we don't know about. You know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they keep secret in this uh, Jurassic universe that we find mm-hmm. out later on when it's uh, retconned or written in. Yeah. Maybe more than one. Maybe more than one worker died uh, yeah. at the hand of or at the tooth and claw of the Indominus Rex. Mm-hmm. Well, especially when there's construction crews working actively working on the enclosure. I know that's that's just and it's in there. Like what? That is so <laughs> exactly, dangerous. Yeah. You imagine sitting there working on the wall and just stick your head over the top and here it is just staring at you two feet away. <laughs> oh no. Uh, guys, or please, please hold the. Hold the crane! Hold the crane! <laughs> or how did they figure out that they needed to uh, build the walls higher? Yeah, yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's exactly. building the wall and all of a sudden they're not there. Exactly. Also, even just feeding her with the crane, feeding her a side of beef and not feeding her live live animals. I know when I had my pet snakes, like carpet pythons, um, you'd feed them frozen or defawed frozen rats and that um, because if you feed them real rats they'd have more aggression um, Mm -hmm. and more of that hunting instinct to eat than just the frozen ones Um, Mm -hmm. plus some other issues as well but but yeah it's you imagine it'd be the same if the raptors if they're letting the pigs go (laughs) into the enclosure to feed them instead of either hand feeding them the mice or um, just dropping sides of beef in there as well Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Plus, she's, um, we've seen before, too, that she tried to break the glass to get into 
supposedly the um, supervisor in the in the observation room there, and maybe Claire or other workers inside there as well. So she's been wanting to dine out on this supervisor for some time. Oh yeah, no, he, you know why, dude? Because he's always eating sandwiches in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys thought I was gonna say something real, but no, I just have to throw that in there. But no, no, like well, he's probably he, she's probably been studying him for a while, just watching him move. He moves slow. He seems like slow prey. You know what I mean? Anybody going in there, she's like, wow, these look at them. They don't move fast. They just stand there looking at me. Mm-hmm. Like all there is is that like see through like wall and if i could break through there because we all know that she's smart like she's she's a very intelligent predator you know they gave her the mind of she has all the good dna you know what i mean she has the the power and brute force of a t-rex and she has the intelligence of a raptor so mm. this thing is very intelligent and it was probably studying people building um people working and building her 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 cage and watching her for a long time just like the raptor study to try to break that uh, the raptor pen, you know what I mean? Remember? Yeah, and we they mentioned... remember. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We mentioned last minute too the fact that those scratchings on the wall weren't there when Masrani and Claire were there at the enclosure earlier. She done that after they left, hmm. um, and before Owen and her come back. So the whole time he's been having lunch and hasn't even noticed that <laughs> she's been over there doing art on the uh, the concrete wall while he's got his back turned. Yeah, that guy, you could tell he didn't really take his job seriously. That's the whole point. That's why he got eaten. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. He, he was just there, just like, yeah, I don't care. And then all of a sudden, well, that's why you're Indominus Food now. To be mm. fair, though, I mean, at the same time, and this isn't this minute, this is that beginning of next minute. Um, It is really sad when we see him look over to Owen and with that kind of whimper in his eyes right before the Indominus bites down on him. Especially when she just tossed the maintenance truck completely out of the way. Does he look like I mean, he says he says something? It looks like he mouths something, right? I think he's trembling and just trembling his lip because he knows what's coming and he knows it's the inevitability of it and he's there's nothing he can do about it. You know? I, I, I always thought like when he looks at Owen and he says like S H, yeah, basically. <laughs> it just looks like he looks in like, like either you know, the other word or the S word. Like I feel like that's what he like kind of mumbles like, like damn it, like yeah, or like kind of like, like lucky you, <laughs> like you're in behind, you're under the truck. Why can't it be you? You know? Yeah, well, he sort of mumbles and whimpers a bit as he waiting for the uh, the door to open too, but. I suppose it's no. We've seen the same thing with Gennaro. Where he's, oh Jesus, oh Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> run yeah. For the, mm-hmm. Run for the toilet. At least, at least Eddie held his ground, for the most part. <laughs> yeah, he did. To a certain extent. Looking over the novel comparisons briefly, um, only real difference here is uh, it's Claire that tells Larry to close the gate over the phone, and uh, Owen slides under an excavator, and since the writers probably don't know the difference with uh, earth movement equipment, I'll let that little nitpick slide. Um, but I will, however, be saying some stuff about next minute where we get the uh, the cutting of the fuel line <laughs> on this vehicle, where there's no reason for fuel lines to be down there. Um, hmm. That's uh, 
that's minute 38. Anything else anyone wants to discuss before we get heavy for the day? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good too, man. Good. Yeah. Thanks, Jay, for uh, coming on. Uh, anything you want to plug? Uh, I know you're pretty busy over at the Jurassic Park podcast at the moment. Oh, yeah. Um, if you guys haven't heard, I, I just we just premiered the uh, Do You Remember segment, which is um, Do You Remember the First Time You Saw a Dinosaur? Yeah. Uh, Brad was like, ah, it's it's pretty long, the title. I'm like, ah, yeah, no. So he's like, do you want to just leave it at it? Do you remember? I'm like, yeah, you can leave it as that. And, yeah, the, the first uh, episode premiered, um, I think, like two weeks ago. Um, and I had Brad as a guest, uh, the host of the podcast, um, of the other podcast, because you're yeah. Brad, too. <laughs> we got Brad, you, and then we got Brad, the other one, from, from the Razabar podcast. Um, so... And, um, yeah, it was great to have that segment play because um, it's a segment where I'm going to have the contributors for now of the podcast um, uh, explain why, you know, why is it that they love dinosaurs and where 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 this love from dinosaurs comes from. Um, when is the first time they laid, eye, laid eyes on dinosaurs? Like, where where is this, like, you know... Uh, love at first sight kind of thing with dinosaurs happen you know mm. and it's cool because you get to hear the contributors where they come from um how they got interested in dinosaurs um oh you hear different stories it's not always exactly the same jurassic park sometimes is the first thing and sometimes it's kind of the last thing that solidified the love for dinosaurs some contributors the first dinosaurs they um uh they saw or were introduced to were Land Before Time or dinosaurs in the you know in um the movie Dinosaur Disney's Dinosaur you know what I mean so it's like it's cool to hear that and where like where that love comes from and um like I said the contributors are of the Jurassic Park podcast are the ones that I'm having as guests first and then uh since we're if this segment keeps going which I hope it does I hope people liked it um I'm going to start having people from the community of Jurassic mm. Park. So you, sirs, will be on there at some point as well. If, um, <laughs> Lovely. You know what I mean? I'd It'd to. be great. Yeah, you know, um, you guys are important members of the community. So I'd love to have you on there as well. Um, but like I said, after we get through all the contributors and the Jurassic Park podcast has a lot. <laughs> there's, a, <laughs> there's a good bunch. I, I, I was able to interview i think it was um i hate saying interview but like basically like have uh uh, i would say like four so far uh including brad and then i got a couple more to go through um and then yeah little by little going through the the members of the community which will be great because i feel like the the audience that listens it would be cool to like kind of like oh so that's how they got into dinosaurs oh me too i I love dinosaurs because of this, 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 and that, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, we all have a story, different story. Some people exactly. may be along the same, the same lines, but, um, even like your, your first episode, just <laughs> the tangents into Twister and that, that's, yeah, that's exactly where, where I was in 95 as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you, you resonate with that. And that was, that's like the whole thing of like, that's what I do on that podcast. Basically. I try to resonate with the listeners. Like, you know, I mean, we have a lot of segments now um, you know, where, you know, we have like the the, the, um, 
the wire one where it's it's all news and stuff like that with aaron and brad then you know and then there's the the one with jen and brad with the the mailbag those are like the the big ones but like i feel like when it comes to like my segments like amber fines and 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 like this one and even the uh, jane ted's jurassic adventures it's all nostalgia and bring you back to those good old days of jurassic where like you remember why you got into this franchise in the first place you know what i mean mm. and it it'll make like even younger listeners go back and be like wow okay i didn't know that about like jurassic i didn't know twister was such a big hit back then you know <laughs> like, <laughs> it'll make you think about those things you know i still love twister i love twister too man I I, yeah. I bought it, you know. I I I had it like I haven't had it since it was on on VHS, and then I <laughs> I've lost all my VHS, you know, around or whatever. But I I, I never had it on DVD. But the other day I'm like, ten bucks on Amazon? Hell yes! And I just now it's part of my like digital library. At one point I'll get nice. like the actual like hard copy, but for now that's good enough, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Thanks again, Joe. Yep. for coming on. Hope to have you back in the future. David, Definitely. let's say we get heavy for today. <laughs> I'd um, I'd be wondering if uh, Amazon cut out uh, Dusty's wardrobe malfunction at the uh, the beginning of it. Wait, what? What? I probably should. <laughs> I probably... <laughs> I'm like both of us. Like, wait, what? <laughs> then it, I know it was on the VHS. I don't even know if it's on the original because it was one of the uh, the first films coming on DVD too. When they're out at the field and um uh I'm gonna blank here um bill paxton that and his new wife fiance come up to get the divorce papers signed when he's when seymour hoffman's sitting in the uh the the garden chair he um he hasn't got any underwear on and, <laughs> what yeah uh, I, I did not know that i have to look uh, at yeah. this now yeah um <laughs> one of, something something large and hairy falls out or something uh, oh my god! <laughs> a real twister right there. <laughs> it was yes. It, it's the dust man. <laughs> oh no! No no no! This is a this is a kids program. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
Yes. Alright, you're gonna have to do some editing. <laughs> yeah. This is this is after the credits, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. no, I did not know that. I had no idea. I I thought that was common knowledge. <laughs> no, no. Um, wow. Yo, me and <laughs> me and Dave are both like, wait, what? Wow, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure because I've I've heard um, other movie podcasts when they've re gone back to the, f- the film and they've said on there that um, yeah he doesn't do the um, the leg changeover like Basic Instinct but he's just sitting there with his legs open and you can see his balls hanging off the side of the chair because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's only so wearing a sarong he's, he's only wearing a sarong <laughs> he's only got a sarong on all of the other the um, overcoat so. Wow, no, yeah. I did not know that, dude. Okay. Might have to, um... Dave, you got the link for that uh, HD screen cap website. Maybe see if mm-hmm. Twister's there. <laughs> Twister literally c- uh, cemented my love of pickup trucks and rural roads. I would not say that right now. I'm, oh. I do, I'm not wholly embracing of the redneck culture, but I make an exception for Twister. Dude, but even yeah, the I... cinematography and that, like, there's that one shot after they kick the, the canopy off the back of his new red truck, and it's, like, starts as a helicopter shot coming in over the cane fields, or the cornfields, and it just comes all the way into the window, and then him and Joe start having their dialogue, and it's just one scene, flawless, there's no... There's got to be a cut there somewhere, but it just... Yonder Bont was really on his game. <laughs> I don't know well, what happened with Speed 2. And <laughs> Mark Mancini's... Uh... Whoa, whoa, whoa. The the guy that directed that did Speed too, wasn't it? Didn't he do? He done Speed, then he done Twisted, then he done Speed Two, didn't he? Oh my god! Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, the bond, yeah was. Speed Two was was just pure garbage. <laughs> Speed Two was horrible, man. Like I remember, like when the hell was that ship gonna stop like <laughs> driving into the land? Like it just kept going. I was like. Dude, how fast was it going? It's just like, it, it's like, <laughs> like going right into like the, it, it. It went from the ocean into a lake, an inland lake, because it was just kept going. It's like it created its own river. It like, I'm what? sure there's parodies where all of a sudden the White House goes past and then, <laughs> then the it Eiffel was, Tower. And... <laughs> it was so bad. I was watching it. I'm just like, what the hell is happening? This Oh, but you knew it was going fast because that guy kept on reading out the knots. <laughs> it's still doing six knots, and it's fully on land. Six <laughs> knots is not that fast, though, and it's certainly not fast enough to cut a path across land. <laughs> well, that's the problem when you have a cruise ship trying to be fast. You got to, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the yeah, SS Venture just like hit the dock, and it was done. You know, yeah. thing was. Yep. I don't know how fast that thing was going, but it was cool. coming out of the mist pretty quick. Yeah, and then like you know, you got Speed Two over here, and Keanu didn't even do the movie either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, the Harbour Master said I'm... she's coming. She's coming into port at flank speed, so that tells me she's going flat out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at least twenty knots, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. She's heading into port. I can't raise her. <laughs> I will say though, with Mar- I mean Mark Mancini's score on Twister, I absolutely yep. love it. 
you know? Yeah, I need to find it from somewhere. I, would, I don't I, even know if I'd, I'd hope not. that he would do Jurassic World, you know? It was either him or Howard Shore. Hmm. You don't like uh, Michael Giacchino's? I mean, I don't mind it, but the the pun titles uh, get old. <laughs> Yeah, yeah uh, I will agree with you on that. I, yeah. I, I had it playing the other day, um, the Fallen Kingdom one, and and I was like, okay. <laughs> it, was, it was just like really like. Eh, and okay. I'll say, yeah. but nothing, none of there's not really like a straight iconic theme. Like I mean, I can think of iconic themes from the, even the first three movies. But there's no kind of str- I mean, there's nothing that I would say that when I see the poster I hear the music you know. Um, I I would um for me I disagree and I would say um, uh, chasing the dragon or J- chasing dragons or something the one that goes yeah. that one is my favorite. I, I mean, I can, if, I, I, rec- I recognize it, but I just don't hear it, you know? Yeah, yeah I get it, yeah. It's, it's the... No, and what it's called, like, again, you just said the title, of The Hunt Begins, or something simple <laughs> that you know, you know what it, what segment or what, what scenes it start to show, but, because I've got his, um, I've got his Star Trek, a lot of his Star Wars scores, and the Jurassic ones, and it's, it's not really his fault, but a lot of it's blending, it all blends. It's not his fault because it's a lot of a lot of artists. Their stuff starts sounding the same. But I could be listening to the 2009 Star Trek and start to hear a theme and think, or not know if that's that or Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> Am I still here? 